This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, everyone. It's your favorite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the TalkSport Fan Network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18+. plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor, where those who think outside the box can create unique football bets from a combination of markets. Create your best bet with the innovative BetVictor Bet Builder. 18 plus, BeGambleAware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. This episode is brought to you by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club is fighting for a chance at promotion. These two Hollywood stars lead a team in the midst of history in the making, while dedicated staff and supporters hold on to a dream of returning the team and this working-class town in Wales to glory. FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres September 12th on FX. Stream on Hulu. Back for Arfield. One up early. Scott Arfield. He's been threatening that recently. And all the Burnley players run to the Darwin end. Oh, what a goal. What a goal from Robbie Blake. Burnley's first goal in the Premier League is something very, very special. Wade Elliott has that change of pace and he's got away from Montgomery. It's the path of McCann and the follow-up finds the net. What a strike from Wade Elliott. A bolt from the Clarendon Blue. Oh, goodness me! What a goal from Patterson! If that is to be the one that takes them to Wembley, you cannot argue with that. Pure quality. I mean, if there's any justice in the world, Burnley would surely score from this corner. Swung right in there. Ball in there. Yeah! Michael Kennan! Oh, that's justice! That is justice at the Amex Stadium! Burnley are level and deserve to be! Hello and welcome along to the latest episode of the Turfcast podcast, full-time show. And what what another brilliant day it is, as Liam just said off-air, to be a Burnley fan. Fantastic. Please say that we are joined by Liam Warrington, otherwise known as Visit. How you doing, mate? You all right? I'm doing absolutely fantastic. I, I cannot get any better right now. How are you? Yeah, mate. We all feel the same. We all feel the same, don't we? Neil, I presume you echo them sentiments. Echo exactly, yeah. It's all good, isn't it? Yeah. Happy yeah, days. Brilliant. 
Honestly, yesterday was supposed to be the day. I'll start with you, Neil. Yesterday was supposed to be the day where, myself included, everyone was like, oh, I don't know, these are in form. And obviously, the company came out and said all the things about injuries and an illness. And, of course, we saw that there were a little bit of um, you know illness in the count with Murich and Jay and people like that missing. But, you know, they'd scored eight in their last two games, beaten uh, Coventry and Preston quite comfortably. And then we just beat them comfortably. I remember thinking before kickoff, and even said it on the pre-game show, like, oh, I'm a little bit worried about this one. I, I take a draw, but we absolutely battered them, didn't we? Yeah, I think um, I think everybody was a little bit worried. I, I don't know whether the company had just played a bit of mind games and played it up a little bit just for like Norwich, or whether it was that bad and maybe a few players just got, I don't know, because it was illness, wasn't it? It weren't, it weren't just injuries, it was illness, apparently. Whether the players just felt a bit better or some of them had... 60, 70 minutes in him, I don't know. But yeah, I was panicking. I was I was wondering what sort of team we were putting out, whether he'd have to get on a centre-half himself or not, I don't know. But uh, yeah, we did. It just shows strength in depth. And I think we've said it a few times this, this year, the strength in depth now that we've got is um, phenomenal. Yeah, sensational. Phenomenal. Sensational strength in depth. And we've, we've, had, we've had Bailey come in and stuff, haven't we, Liam? And he's come in and done well. Um, and obviously, there's other players in there that don't normally play first team football as well. They've come in. We've had uh, obviously Ekdal come in as well, who looked very, very good. But what were your thoughts on yesterday, mate? Um, I was in the same camp of thinking that this could be a really tough game. Um, Norwich, even though their form has only, you know, it's been recent, only yeah. the last two games that they've picked up some form. They were both very good wins, 4 0 and 4 2. And you kind of feel like Norwich are just always that kind of team that. You know, in the championship, they they were what we are now. You know, this is their league. And it always felt like it was a matter of time that they will come good. They will be the Norwich that people know of in this league. So going going into this, I had full belief that if we took three points, then I believe that we can go on and crack the 106 points tally record, whatever it is. Because our team, not only is it strong in our first 11, but also our second 11 as well. Our depth, as we've just said, is incredible. Like, I don't know where Vincent Company are just grabbing these centre-backs from in Europe. It's just yeah. like he's plucking them out. With Ekdal and Eldakil, both look fantastic in the first games. And it's like, this is a thing that should be a hard thing to do, to nail down your transfer policy, nail down what works for your system. It's almost like it's every single signing that is as a complete sure fit for the team. So, I mean, if this is just one sign of what is to come in the summer when I say mm. if we do go up, but it is when, let's be honest yeah. here. I think we're relying on like a, tw- a 40 point goal swing here. Yes. It's going to be a fantastic summer next year and I cannot wait for it. Yeah, you mentioned Dekdal there, so I'll stick with you, Liam. Just how good was he? Because, I, again, I was a little bit worried. Not that I, I don't rate him, because, to be honest, I don't really know much about him. But I remember thinking, like, he's coming in, a very tough place to go, a, a team in form, as we've mentioned. But he just slotted straight in there, didn't he? And that is just the beauty of doing your recruitment well, doing your recruitment you know, in the right way and knowing exactly what you need for your team and the attributes that players require. And that is how we've done all of our work in the last several weeks and months. And it's fantastic. And it's showing in abundance how good we are. Ekdal, of course, I was expecting to see Aldakio. I think mm. they actually made a mistake on the Twitter account saying that it was actually his first start. And we also was Ekdal thinking, okay, let's see, how this, let's see how this guy's like. And I mean, you know, let's not forget, he is a, a Swedish international centre-back. You know, he, he's got caps for the senior Swedish national team. So... It should be no surprise to see that he's a great player, but it is a bit of a surprise to see him just look so perfectly in 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 rhythm, in 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 control of the team and how we're trying to play. He's just more straight into there. So, and Aldakio at Ipswich again, I guess worst opponent. You know, I guess you know league below. I thought it was fantastic too, and then that can lead to a conversation of, are we going to be completely fine if we cannot get Howard Bellis or Bayer? you know, in the, in the summer, because those are both obvious question marks. So with these two players, it looks like we really have nothing to worry about in the summer, no matter what happens. No, I agree with that. I think, I think it's a perfect example of us bringing signings in 
planning for next year already. Um, the two centre backs, especially. But Neil, what, what did you think of Ekdal? Because I saw some people um, on Twitter sort of like comment on on he wasn't very fast, but I don't think he needs to be fast because he reads the game very very well, and he weren't exactly slow to be fair. Um, but he reads the game so well. He's one of them defenders in it that just reads it so well. He's always in the right position, and he just slotted straight in there, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Um, it's as if he'd signed in the summer and has been with the group all year. But I think this group of players we've got is, I think there's a togetherness in there amongst that squad. They're all really getting on and they're all sort of, it's like really good team team ethics. So I think that's probably helped him settle in. But um, he's learning from one of the best that's ever played in the Premier League, isn't he, from in his manager. So he's going to, he's, he's, he's going to obviously just only get better and better. But yeah, he fit straight in. Um yeah, looks great. And it's I think what Leon was saying there about in the summer whether we keep THB and, and Bayer, um, I'm wondering whether this is why we brought two centre-halves in because we sort of know that we're not doing. Um, and he's sort of playing them now just to try and get them into the side just on the offence that they're not going to be here in the summer. Yeah, potentially, potentially. I have seen someone in the comments say that um, apparently it's Chris Bayer has a buy option according to The Athletic. I did see that myself as well on Twitter um, the other day. But just there's a comment there just going on from what Liam said earlier. So I'll go back to you, Liam. Um, looking at the quality of player, company and pace have attracted to a championship side. Imagine what they will do in the summer. That's kind of what you just alluded to, isn't it, mate? And it really is. Like, I, I, I genuinely believe that next year when we go up, we're going to be more than comfortable. I mean, obviously, we'll have this debate again, I'm sure, in the summer. Um, because of the players that we can bring in. And it's just exciting times, isn't it? Absolutely. What is happening right now is the stuff of dreams. Where we were in nine months' time and the media everywhere going in at Burnley about how terrible our ownership is. They're robbing all every penny out of our club. There's a fire, share, fire sale, £65 million debt and going to be another Sunderland. And yeah, you know, the fan base kind of fed into that, you know, uh, for the most part, because it felt like we've seen this before with some clubs. And because the fact that we were under a regime of Sean Dyche for almost 10 years, a full decade, it shouldn't be normal to respond back in the way that we have. You know, it's not normal for a club to go through what we went through under Sean Dash with how long, with how ingrained he is with every aspect of our club, from the training ground to the staff team to the the dinner lady, you know, whatever. It shouldn't be normal to see us transition in the way that we have and the speed that we have and with the efficiency that we have. And that is even more credit to be given to Vincent Company and most importantly, the board, because I've said this on other shows, but what I've seen gives me some great confidence that we can have the conversation of the future of Vincent Company because he's going to be a wanted man very fast if he isn't already. So we need to have that conversation soon about yeah. how long can we keep on seeing him. But from what I've seen from Alan Pace, AOK, and 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 rest of them, it gives me belief that, let's say, if that day does come in two years' time, whatever, I got belief that their transfer, their transfer policy, their recruitment, their idea of where they want this club to be will be completely fine. If he goes, visiting company goals in two years' time, the next man will be ready to, to, to take the helm. And I've got full belief that they're looking at that already. Yeah, I mean, I'll talk to Simon about this today because you know I've just had my hair cut, um, so I saw Simon today. But um, it's it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because you're bringing someone in of, of company stature and you know that if he does well, is going to be wanted because most managers are wanted anyway if they do well. But if somebody has like a fantastic playing career, they seem to be more wanted as well, especially someone who's a legend at a certain club like Vincent is, obviously with City. I think, I, th- I think, I think it's one of them. I think like we we have to get used to the fact that we probably are going to lose him if, if he continues in this way, and that that just means he's doing his job right. But I think Brighton's a perfect example. Look at look at them and, and how they lost Potter, and they seem to get decimated every single window to Brighton, not just through the manager leaving, but through players as well. Um, and they've come in, they've brought in I can't remember his name, the new manager, and, and he's doing even better. Than Potter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> brain fart there, but uh, he's doing even better than Potter. And again, I, I, I think you're right though. There, I think I think if 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 you run properly and you prepare for these situations, then obviously we can just get over it when it happens and then progress as a club as well. But Neil, obviously, just going on from what Liam said there, um, 
yeah, ALK deserve a lot of credit for this, don't they, as well? I know we're all praising company, but a lot of stuff was said in the summer. Asset Strippers was the one that always stuck out to man from other Facebook dads. I, I say yeah. Facebook dads as a term loosely. I'm a Facebook dad myself. Um, but a lot <laughs> of people were saying stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, we've uh, the brand's gone up. We're now Sky... We seem to be like the Sky Sports darlings, don't we? Like Sky seems to love us as well at the minute. Everyone just seems to love watching us, love seeing us do well. But, yeah, ALK deserve a lot of credit, don't they? Oh, 100%, yeah. There's... Clearly forward planning. There's clear his pace has clearly come in and had an idea of what he wants, what wasn't working. Um he had a lot of doubt as it was all that thought, wasn't it, that he's bought us the same way that Glazer's bought United and that's what's gonna happen and all that sort of stuff. But um he's it strikes me as someone who's very forward thinking. Yeah. Um and that comment you just put up there, that's exactly what I think. I think company is being primed for the city job and I don't think I think we might be able to keep him until Pep decides to go and then company might get a bash at that. Um, but there's no doubt in my mind that um, these sort of discussions have probably already happened with company when we signed him about how long do you plan staying with us? You know, yeah. um, he's probably already thinking about what's come. He does seem very forward thinking. Yeah, I, I just, I, I, I feel like there's certain ways it could go. Like, obviously, I, if you look at Lampard and, and, and Chelsea, he went to Chelsea too early, didn't he? And, and, it, and I yeah. think that's kind of ruined his managerial career now. Um, but then there's the flip side of it. I think I think I do I do think I do think City is obviously the natural progression. But is City too much of a step up? Um, again, that's something else that we'll um, we'll obviously find out in time. Chris makes a good comment though. Obviously, Arteta could be one on the books there um, for City. But again, it's all hearsay. Um, Liam, I do want to talk to you about Connor Roberts because I know me and you had a big debate about Connor Roberts last time you were on. I both agreed that. Because we were getting a lot of stick at the time, weren't he, off Burnley fans? And me and you agreed, like, he's, he's not bad. He's just giving dropping six out of tens every single week. He's, not, he's just he's just there. He just does a job and then that's it. But since the World Cup, he's been absolutely sensational, hasn't he? He's been fantastic as Conor Roberts. Absolutely. And I think it is fair to add context about that, the conversation that we had. It was more to do with when we look at our team at that time period and we were doing really well before the World Cup, I was looking at... What's maybe the weak link? Uh, weak link, like what maybe the thing that we can improve on in the summer if we do go up? And yeah. we looked at Connor Roberts being maybe that guy that we could maybe um, get a replacement for in the summer because, as you just said, he didn't do bad. He was never a bad performer for us. It was just kind of like doing a job, like just w- was there, and he was doing kind of sixes and sevens for the most part before the World Cup, and it was frustrating for that reason because we all kind of knew that it can be better or was told that it could be so much better by Welsh fans by Swansea fans of the like so we were kind of just waiting for this kind of burst of just something from him for quite a while and it didn't come now of course as we are now aware as he said in a press conference afterwards that it did play a part it did play a factor the World yeah. Cup. It was in his mind, so maybe he wouldn't go fully 100% in the same way that he would have because of fear of injury, and people kicked off at him for that, but I, I completely get it. When's yeah, that, I get you know, it. Wales, first time it. in the World Cup for, I think, three decades, you know, at, yeah, went, by that stage. I completely get the idea. So, yeah, afterwards, he's, he's kicked on one of our most consistent top players, and yeah. He's completely under space in this in the squad because the way how he plays his role as well is very very it, it suits his attributes because he's very consistent passer. He's smart and intelligent in terms of his placing on the pitch, and that's exactly what we need because he's in a vital role because he's playing in that kind of in between the the wide plays and then also the defenders, but also interchanging to becoming a first centre back and then kind of going inside and inverting as well. It's a tough job because you've got to be intelligent to do that and be consistent. So he's been absolutely spot on. And of course, as the comments say, the Tash is an absolute incredible feature and he cannot get rid of that until we lose the next game 5-0 or something, okay? It's, so it's that sensational, that Tash. It is absolutely sensational, is it? And Neil, I know you're a big fan of the Tash. It's beautiful. It, it is. is. It is. And it's, I've seen the picture of it yesterday. It's doing the rounds and it just looks to have got even thicker since last week. It's beautiful. Got to stay <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Someone fantastic. said that he looks like he's from like Peaky Blinders set, which I think it actually makes me quite happy because I love that show. Yeah, Freddie Mercury <laughs> for me. He makes him look a lot like Freddie Mercury. Mercury yeah, or Poirot. I've gonna... seen Poirot go around a few bits. Yeah, yeah. It looks like he's going to burst out into song at any point. Um, discussing the actual game then, um, Neil, I'll start with you. 
I just felt like looking at that game, I mean, I was told by the Norwich fan this week that, oh, we you know, we, we do the Gergen pressing thing now that Klopp and Wagner like to do coming over from Germany. I, th- I think we'll pressure really well. And I remember saying to him on the pre-game show, like, one thing that we've dealt with this year very, very well is the press. That's how we That's how we do so well. We beat the press because of Mjoric and our ball-playing defenders and they can get in behind the lines and then, and then obviously exploit them. They couldn't handle us pressing. Like, we, we, we handled their press and they couldn't handle our pressing. Like, I know the first goal comes from a mistake. It's, it's a very sloppy pass from Cruel, of course it is. But we make it a sloppy pass because we're there on the edge of the box waiting, pressing. So, again, it's just another example of how good we are at pressing and how good we are at beating other teams' pressers, wasn't it, yesterday? Yeah, definitely. And I think um, we benefit because our squad is really pacey. It's a really pacey squad. And I think that that obviously helps us do that. Um, but I think a lot of, um, a lot of it is all we've got... So it's a mix of players in the team because we've got our really fast players like Zerubi, Benson and stuff like that. Then we've got our sort of experienced ones like JBT who's been phenomenal in the last yeah. few weeks, I think. He's, he's come in and the different sorts of players and they're able to do different things to help us with that press. So JBG isn't going to take a man on and, and, and skin a few players and run down the wing. He's going to do a decent pass and a long pass and stuff like that. So the, the different variety in our play of, of countering that press is helping us. Yeah, and Liam as well. Obviously, I mentioned Muric. Obviously, Muric wasn't there yesterday, but BPF came in and, and did very well. Uh, he obviously, he made the save in the first half, um, which kind of like ended up ricocheting. I thought it had gone out for a corner, and I think it did, didn't it? I think it should have been a corner, um, but it kind of hit Puka on the line, and then they had another chance. But he came in and did very well, didn't he? Like, he's obviously a brilliant standing, I think, for Muric's BPF. Yeah, I do feel quite... Um, I, I feel, you know, it's quite unfortunate on Peacock Farrell because... I do think he's actually quite a decent goalkeeper. I think people mm. were really unfair with him because when he did play Premier League, he played in like those very weird and awkward games, like City away in that. So like people kind of judged him based on those games that, let's be honest, Nick Pope had five nils on him nonstop as well. So you know he was kind of being unfairly judged. Really, he's of course not as not as good on the ball as Murich, which may play a factor of why he doesn't start, which of course is pivotal. Pivotal for the way that we play, but in terms yeah. of him just stepping in, he's done a great job so far. And speaking of players that have done a great job so far, we need to talk about Ashley Barnes because what on earth has happened to him? He played as yeah. a 10, he wasn't even like a striker, he just played as a 10 and played like a. I don't even know how to explain it. Like he That's was just. He, he held the ball up so well. He led the line while also not leading the line at the same time, weirdly enough. And then just kept on just laying it off left, right, and center. And I don't even know what I'm even watching anymore. Like, how am I seeing him have these perfect touch-type passes and it's pinging it left and right perfectly as well? And at the same time, having the same aggression to press as well. Mm. I don't know. How old is this guy, by the way? Because... He's older than me, I think. I think he's older than me. No, he's, he can't I, be older I can't than me. believe... 35 right. weeks, he's probably not older than me. But that was my next question about Barnes, Liam. You're spot on to bring him up. He, he was sensational yesterday. And I'll, I'll be honest, I was one of them at the start of the season thinking, ah, this guy's passed it. Love him. Absolutely love him. I'd never criticise him or slag him off. But I was thinking, ah, he's passed it now. But after that Blackburn game, is he only 32? Or someone says 33. He's 33 else now. Yeah, he's not on a one older than me. Um, but after that Blackburn game, I think it's given him like a renewed purpose. He's been sensational since that Blackburn game. I mean... Yeah, phenomenal. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, he's like an on-the-pitch coach as well. If you watch him with the young players we've got, he's guiding them through the matches. And if we... Not that we've had many of them, when we've got a tricky patch, he's guiding them through that. He's, so he's like having a voice for company on the pitch, I think. It's like having like a teacher, like and like when you're in high school, someone just shouting at you, and you're scared yeah. to like annoy them and be told off. It's like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, put, I put that a tweet today, just like in the morning of like you know, actually like a, a proud dad taking his kids to the park with the picture of Barnes telling Zero because it feels like that. It feels like he's a leader. He feels like he's like a proud dad. Like he's like the the. This, this heads figure of sport, I don't even know. He's the focal point in terms of leadership in the team right now. And it's great to see because we can all say here, I think that I want to say 80% of the Burnley kind of fan base was all saying that like, look, he's probably getting on now, Barnes, and it's probably time to move on. And I think a lot of us agree with that. And a lot of us at the time were completely fair in saying that. So to see what he's done since then and kind of how he's rejuvenated himself and added added all these parts to his game, 
is real credit to, to Ashley Barnes. And I was actually talking to a Burnley fan earlier about this, but in terms of Burnley legends, like legends of that you would put in like when we think of legends, is he yeah. in that list? I th- oh yeah, for me, definitely 100%. 100%. Yeah. This is why I just refused to criticise him at the start of the season. I was just used to say to myself, yes, he's probably past it, but this guy's a legend. Like, if you look at the last 10 years, like how long has he been here now? Eight, nine years? If you look at the last 10 years, you, you've got... John January the thir- of the 13-14 season. I oh, did it. Okay, right. So, so there you go. So it's... And you look at the last 10 years and you think of the legends because of how good we've been. Obviously, Daesh. Ben Mee, Tarke. I think I think Ashley Barnes deserves to be in the bracket, the same bracket as Ben Mee and Tarke. He's as much of a legend to me as them two are, hundred percent. Would you put them above them, like above Ben Mee? <sighs> That's a tough one. Probably maybe not if, if we go on to win the title and we get record picking points and he's part of this team, I would say yeah. Potentially, yeah, because obviously he deserves credit. Heaton as well as Chris says in the um, in the comments, of course, yeah, Heaton um, ahead of Duffo, Stephen Duffo, no, Duffo, Michael Duff. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, it's a weird uh, one because, like, yeah, it's tough that one. Legends at clubs like us is kind of all determined based on feeling because we don't, we're not really meant to win trophies and that, so we can't really compare it to compared to like other clubs. So our versions of legends is in terms of how they make us feel, and that could be a very personal opinion to a lot of different people. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. I. I... It's tough one to see where he is in the, in the stature, but I probably agree with the comment there what Chris has said. Um, below Ben Mee, but probably above everyone else. But if he goes on to win the title, as you say, then he deserves credit for sticking with us and being part of this this new look Burnley FC and then potentially even going above Ben Mee um, because we will have won things with him then. And and he, and he deserves it as well. There were a lot of rumours, weren't there, Neil, about him potentially getting sold in the summer or whatever or going on loan somewhere like Swansea. And I was saying yeah. that I don't, I don't really want him to leave. I, even if he doesn't play much, which obviously I think that that mentality has changed now because how good it was yesterday. If even if he doesn't play much, he deserves to win a title with us. He deserves to 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 do it again with us, doesn't he? Yeah, I think because um, I was like you, I was one of those where I was a bit like I think he's probably past it now. But he, everyone who had that mindset, I think, was of like, oh, we'll keep him this season so he can at least sort of have a farewell and you know get promoted with us. Yeah, and just from that point of view, but I think he's like a key part of the team now, um, and he's he's just growing. I, I tweeted it earlier; he's just growing into this season. Um, and I think that Blackburn game just gave him that confidence because to me he looked like a player who had no confidence. That's what it was. Yeah. He's like you could tell he was thinking that it's this new team, it's this new setup. All these young lads have come in, and I'm sort of the, the old fella of the team, and I don't really fit in. But that Blackburn game gave him the confidence, and he's growing into the season. And yeah, maybe maybe he'll be staying beyond the summer now because I think everyone had it down as his last season. But maybe he'll get one more shot at the Premier League. I don't know. Well, this I'll bring this funny. comment back in. I'll bring this comment back in and I'll start with you, Liam. Ben Midgley Ahmed says renewed contract for Barnes in the summer. It's a tough one, that one, isn't it? Because if we were still in the championship, I'd be like 100%, 100%. And I kind of at the same time, even though I'm probably leaning more towards no in terms of a playing contract, I don't want to let him go, if that makes sense. Play it's a coach. Tough one, that one. Play a coach should be perfect. In terms of, I think the conversation with Barnes and him staying on after next year is kind of more of an emotional connection more than anything yeah, else. 100%. I mean, like in the grand scheme of things, he's been fantastic um, compared to what we thought Ashley Barnes was. Um, but his his only goals this year was only that Blackburn game. Of course, yeah. the, the the performances are much more than just goals, obviously. But I do feel like. I can I see Barnes playing next year in Premier League and doing the same thing he's doing now? I can't see it. Yeah. So are we just keeping him because he's a loved player at the club and that is kind of just there as like a fanfare almost? I don't know if that's if that's something that Barnes wants, sure, but I think every footballer wants to play football. And I I'd be surprised if he starts or is a player next year that does take a part of yeah, ahead of Femi or Foster or Jay Rodder, probably another striker by in the summer. So it's yeah. like, we gotta, it depends what Barnes wants. Maybe Barnes will want to move on and get regular football and play for the QPRs or whoever in, in the championship next year. And he can go and have a farewell after lifting that, that title and bagging us 116 points. And I'm fine with that <laughs> yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. I, to be honest, I agree with that. I, th- I think 
I want to keep him, but it's just an emotional thing. And people say there's no room for sentiment in football and stuff like that. So it probably would be time to let him go because I'm not sure he'd be able to do it next year in the Prem. Um, but I'll just I'll come to you in a second, Neil. I'll just read out this comment from Flyover Freddy. He says it depends what Ashley wants. He's 33, so I could still play another few years at a lower level. If he wants to progress into coaching, etc., it could be a good opportunity as he is doing his badges, apparently. But Neil, what would you do with Ashley? Would you offer him an extension? In, I'm going to say if we go up, but as, as, as Liam said earlier, there's no ifs and buts about it anymore, is there? We're going up. It's so not it's percent if you want to be smart about it, it's 98 percent likely yeah it's it's, yeah. it's not gonna happen is it we're 100 percent up i've been saying it for i've been saying it since we went about 10 points clear and now we went 20 yesterday all right i know it's back down to 17 but still um what would it's you do now is whether we win the league isn't it it's not about whether we go up it's whether we win the yeah. league or not now and what, what um, is it now seven points ahead of them yeah yeah um i would i would obviously speak to him and i would give him It'd obviously be reduced terms. It'd be reduced to just a sort of sporadic appearance in the cup and stuff like that. But I'd I'd definitely consider keeping on the coaching staff, even if he just coaches the youth team while he's still on the playing books or something like that. He's because he's doing his badges, and I think I've seen. I'm sure I've seen an interview with him before when he said that he was looking into coaching. Because there's him, Jack Cork, and someone else who's doing the badges. I can't remember who it is. Um, so that's what I would do. I would I would obviously. I think he'll probably know it'd be reduced in the Premier League anyway. But. Um, it would be on those terms. Like player coach, you're going to appear very sporadically, but won't you around? But I think you'll get a testimonial anyway. Did you deserve one? Yeah, definitely. I'd, I'd be up for that. It's been a while since we've had a testimonial, isn't it? I don't think I've been on, on a testimonial for Michael ages. Michael Duff was the last testimonial. It was the last one. Yeah. Um, sticking with Ashley, because of how well he played yesterday and how... Not poor, but I think I think Jay's looked a little bit tired. Liam, I'll come to you on this one. I think Jay started the season very, very well, but I think recently he's just been a little bit tired and he's not been playing as well recently. But next time out, who, who, who would you play up front against against Preston? We'll we'll obviously ignore the Ipswich game. We'll just keep it with, with obviously like proper like league games. But against Preston, obviously we've got we spoke for choice now. We've also got Foster, Robert and Barnes and Jay that could play in that role. Who, who would you play there at the minute? It's a tough one. I, I think. For Preston, I would say Barnes, hmm. mainly because he played last game, did well, and also it's a derby. And I think because it's a derby, I think you can need a bit more of a, a, a bite to you, a bit more of an edge. And I don't know about you, but I am actually a bit wary of Preston because in my mind, they are still in my mind rent-free from that 15-16 season. That even though we went on to win the league, they beat us 2-0 at home with, I think, with Michael Keane's brother scoring a goal against yeah, us. Great so it's like, goal. that's still my head to this day. And also Preston, don't forget, I think they have the third or even second best away record in the league. So it's a derby and they are going to be a serious test for us, even though you may not think they are. I, I, I don't know. That's just a game that I'm actually a bit more fearful for than most other games this year. So... Yeah, I'll start Barnes for that reason. A bit of an edge in good form. So I guess Ipswich, that's when you may give Foster maybe a debut start. I don't think Abafemi would be ready for another week or two because he's not played since before the World Cup. So we're yeah. not going to see him for a while, I don't think. Yeah, fair enough. I, I agree with you. I think at the minute I'd, I'd be playing Ashley. Um, just Jay just looks a little bit off it. And and like you said, it is a derby and it worked so well in the, in the other derby, obviously against Blackburn. But Neil, what would you do? Yeah, I do the same. Um, I think that I think there was just that question you just put there about would we look to move Jay on instead of Barnes. I think that's probably more likely because I just think, I mean, I love Jay. Don't get me wrong, but I think Barnes's personality is what will keep him amongst that squad because Jay doesn't have that same sort of commanding personality. Hmm. Um, so I think that's probably the case. But yeah, I would probably, I would probably play Barnes in, in against Preston. Like you say, he did well against. Rovers in the proper derby and the momentum's just there at that at the minute with him. And I think it's it'd be it'd be silly to not play him whilst he's in this form and doing so well with the other players. Yeah, I agree with that. I I, I think for me it's Ashley. Um and I hundred percent understand what Liam's saying with the Preston thing. It just just annoys me that um that it's Preston because obviously I think when I think those of us that are in our thirties, obviously we, we didn't see us play Blackburn for for years, did we, growing up. 
and Preston was always the main derby. Then I went to yeah. Union Preston, so then I had to I had to endure all that. So I I am one of these ones that doesn't like Preston and, and has to beat Preston. And but they did well against us at Deepdale, so I am I'm a, I am a little bit wary of that one. I'm a little bit wary of that one. Um, I do want to talk about Foster as well because obviously he's, he's had a couple of bit part appearances, um, not really been able to get involved that much though, has he? Uh, Neil, I'll start with you. Um, and I saw only a couple of people yesterday on on Twitter sort of like saying, "Oh, maybe you know he's, he's not all cracked up with it, all all what's the saying, cracked up what he's meant to be or whatever." Um, but I, th- I think it's one of them. I think it's one of them. It's just typical Burnley fans. Well, any football fan. But I just think it's one of them in it. New country, new style of football, new manager, new teammates. He's played about overall about twenty minutes. I think we yeah. need to give him time. I'm looking forward to seeing him start. I, I hope he starts on Tuesday. And I, I was thinking about potentially like starting him on Tuesday against Ipswich and just giving him a full 90 yeah. and then just, just seeing how he gets on again there. Um, what are your thoughts on him so far, Neil? No, I think that's, I think that's probably the case. I don't, think it's, I don't think it's all down to a new country and all that sort of stuff. I think it's the team. It's just team momentum. You don't, you don't yeah. want to just make changes for the sake of it. And whilst the team's performing well, there's, unless there's injuries, there's no reason to change it that much. So I think that's probably more of it. Um, but yeah, it probably just needs time to adapt and grow. I think he will probably get uh, probably start on Tuesday. Um, and then go from there, and then as soon as it needs changing up front, he'll 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 be in. But I don't. I think it's just team momentum. Whilst we're playing well, we'll keep this going, make changes just when we have to. And yeah, I can't lie. I, I I can't believe anyone will be giving any foster any grief. Really, like he that Ipswich game was a really weird game to really judge. Like that was a strange game in terms of how mm. it all kind of played out. So Foster's like ten minute cameo was kind of like nothing to me like he got in behind a few times and kind of just did his job but nothing was nothing was really there for him and I guess Norwich were 3-0 up in the last 15 minutes that he came on and it's like again it's kind of like the game is kind of gone by then as well so it's like yeah I- I'm really looking forward to Tuesday I'm looking forward to Ipswich because we can talk as well about the chance of maybe going to Wembley boys you know it's possible you know it's possible here. so we can talk about that but I'm looking forward to seeing some of these players play against Ipswich. Yeah, I want to see Scott try and start again. I want to see what he can do, maybe at home, because um, he started against them um, in the away game and was okay, but was just okay. But again, it was a weird game. Like they were, it was a classic FA Cup match of like a lower team up against a you know, yeah. high division team. They went through a high intensity. And, you know, I think that it was a good test for us, really, to see what we can do. So we can see the likes of Aldacchio again and Twine and uh, Foster starting, hopefully. And, Probably see a bit more chilling off. He's still a one player, which I think, out of all the company signings, still hasn't really made that kind of uh, that that point yet. So I want to see more of him as well. So yeah, hopefully beat Ipswich, get on the way to Wembley, and see the boys play. Hopefully. Yeah, I'll tell you what, we'll we'll discuss both of them points. We'll talk about Cherlinov because it, it for me, it just seems like a bit of a diamond in the rough. It just seems like he needs to sort of like like he's shown glimpses, hasn't he? And I'll come to you again, Liam, because you just mentioned it. But he's shown glimpses that he can be quite good. But I think there's certain stuff that, like, sometimes he just, like I said, he's a perfect example of a diamond in the rough. I just think he needs maybe a goal or maybe a run of games, and then we'll see the best of him. The way that I see chill enough is that I think that we have just been really blessed with very good wingers yeah, at the same time that he's also come in. When you're comparing yeah. Anasarori, when you're comparing Manuel Benson, to Chilinov. Of course, Anas and Manuel are going to look a lot more appealing to you. They're faster. They seem a lot more, but well, they are smoother on the board than him. And I think Chilinov, what he maybe offers that they don't have is maybe that more kind of defensive resilience because I think he has a bit more work rate to him. So he's a bit more of a workhorse. I can see him more as a winger that you can kind of rely on to kind of do the dirty work and maybe for one nil up or a goal ahead in the late end of the game, you could bring him on to kind of be that kind of workhorse, kind of similar to a George Boyd, to be fair, the way that I kind of see him. And I don't think it's particularly a bad thing. I think it adds more great depth that we may need him at certain time periods that he has that job. So, yeah, I think it's just the fact that we're comparing him to two incredible wingers that we signed at the exact same time that I don't think he's got the same quality on the ball in terms of dribbling and that kind of typical winger aspect, the pace and everything. But he's mm. definitely got other attributes that when the time comes, I think company knows when to use when, when to utilise it. Yeah, fair enough. Some good points there. Neil, your thoughts on um, on Darko? 
You're on mute, man. Sorry, I was on mute there. Sorry, probably went mental. Yeah, I think he just needs run of games, play him in the cup, and then if we're going a cup run, keep him in the side, and then start bringing him on. But yeah, I think once he gets a run of goal, once he he gets a goal and feels a bit more comfortable in the team, I think he's playing like someone who knows he's not one of the sort of men. Like he knows he's a bit part player. Um, yeah, and I think once he's, he sort of gets a goal and a, a good run of games, we'll probably see the best of him. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Neil, I'll stick with you. Um, the cup run. Um, the last time I got this excited about a potential cup run, bearing in mind we're still in round four. We're not even in round the fifth round yet. Um, was the last time don't we got it. to the fifth round and we played Lincoln. Don't say it. And this no. this is what this is why I don't get dragged into it because I remember leaving my old house because I used to live near Turf and it was just a walk away. I were I were going on with Simon and his lad. I remember saying to Simon's lad who were about I don't know, 11 at the time. Like, we're actually going to get to Wembley. We're going to do it. We're going to we're gonna do it. And obviously, we all know what happened there. But I, I, I think I don't see the same mistakes happening this time, personally. I just feel like this team, not that they're a better side than, than, than the Dash side, but I just think the, I just think company seems to value the cup a bit more. We always had a thing with, with the cups with Dash, didn't we? Where we'd always go out against lower league opposition. I, can't, I just can't see us messing this opportunity up. I'm not necessarily saying we're going to get to Wembley, because, of course, we've got to get through these two home games first. But a home games, two home games, sorry, against League One opposition, and then you're in the quarterfinals. I just can't see us messing this up. I genuinely cannot see us messing that up. And and then who knows? We get somebody like Leicester away in the quarterfinals. I, I, th- I think we do him. I, I, I genuinely believe that we do him. So I'm quite excited for that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't. I don't know if it's that Dash didn't take it seriously. I think it's just we didn't have the resources to do it under Dash. I just yeah, think the squad fair. wasn't a big one. He didn't want to take any risk. He knew we were punching. Whereas we've got a bit more squad depth now. Um, and I think also, I think company values the FA Cup. Again, it's not that um, Dash didn't value it, but as a foreign player coming in, company, he would have known about the FA Cup and it would have been one of his sort of dreams of playing in England and winning the FA Cup. And that's probably stuck with him. Um, and he probably just takes it like, quite seriously just because of that, really. And it's probably, what, I'm not sure, but it's probably one of the first trophies he won in England as well because I imagine City won a few cups and then the league. I can't, I can't exactly remember how they sort of rose up. So it's probably, it's probably got a bit of nostalgia value for him as well. Yeah, potentially. Liam, I know you brought it up, so you, you obviously are excited about the potential of getting to Wembley in this cup run. But I, I just, I just feel like, like I just said, then I'll say it again. I just can't see how we mess this opportunity up. I genuinely believe we'll be in the quarterfinals. I mean, we've not lost once at home. This, you know, in the in the league, I guess, or cup, whatever. We've got that on our side. It is a different style of play. It's a different manager. And most importantly, we've got so much depth to us. When you look back at our teams that we played, it was the main 11 who played every single game. So you always had Twyman Mineo, you always had Charlie Taylor, you always had the same players being played. And then you have like some random like kids in there or like Danny Drinkwater, right? So like, in that Sunderland game that we played, that we lost her home, we got Danny Drinkwater playing with like Ben Gibson and Kevin Long. Kevin Long's always playing these games, of course. And then for like, so when we lost to Burton away, it's like, actually that team was actually not even that bad of a team. Kevin Long playing, of course, scored. Um, but it was just the fact that depth-wise, it's just kind of like, we knew that you can't focus on the Premier League, which our focus is always survival. And then men- mentally for a player, it sounds bad, but you just know that you don't care about it in the same way than you do in the league. And that's just kind of what happened with us in the Cups. We... How many times did we lose to like poor teams in the FA Cup or the Carabao Cup? We lost to Aki, lost to Port Vale, lost to Burton, lost to Sunderland, lost to Leeds out blows as well. I think it's and well, God forbid Lincoln, Christ, oh, they were in the National League then as well. So yeah, yeah, it, that's why it's a bit kind of like we can get excited because it is a new manager with a with a team that you can see great depth in, and the fact we've got to beat who. Ipswich, who are a great side in League One, and likely Sheffield Wednesday again, who is a great side in League One slash Fleetwood. And then we're in quarterfinals. So we've got to take this opportunity. We've got mm. to, because we all know we're, we're up. We all know that we're promoted. We might as well go for it. We might as well go for it, because what will be a great way to solidify your first year in English football to somehow get to Wembley in, semi- in semifinals? That'd be incredible, because we... In terms of companies, a free hit, he can just go for it because he knows that in terms of the, the league, it's done. So 
I'm really looking forward to the game and I'm looking forward to seeing that can we actually get to quarters. If we get to quarters and end up facing City still, I may cry. So yeah, my dad's my dad said that today, and I was getting excited about talking to my dad about it. And he was like, Oh, we'll we'll probably just end up getting city at quarterfinals and then it'll ruin it. But um it's a brilliant opportunity to get to the quarterfinals. Obviously, the only time in my life we've been in the quarterfinals was that time when we got beat down at Watford, weren't it, Neil? I think you'll remember that. Um the beat was yep. 2-0. I went down to that Vicary draw. I think they scored a brilliant free kick off the top of my head. I remember being absolutely gutted. I think I was what 12, 13. It was like I think that's before my time. What year was that? I think it was like 2001, 2002, something like that. I can't remember the exact year. Um, but I just started high school, so I'd have been like 12, 13. So, you, yeah, man. obviously. I think it's the wrong side. Right, so I would, I, would, I, would have, I would have been five. Yeah, I'm going to say, it's, it, I'm the wrong side of 30, mate, so it probably is a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I've got... They don't have great memories of, of, of the FA Cup being Burnley fans. Like I, I remember getting to that quarterfinal, for example, and losing. I remember someone put in the comments earlier, beating Derby at Pride Park. I remember that. Um, and then we got beat by Coventry in the fourth round. Um, what else is there? I'm just trying to think of some. Um, I mean, we've got memories. in the Carabao Cup, we've got some great stories there. Yeah, obviously, Robbie, we've got the Owen Coyle run and stuff. And even I'm before that, I remember Robbie Blake scoring a cracking goal against Spurs and Steve Davis, Edda, that were in the League Cup as well. Of FA Cup, some not great memories. So we need to try and add to them, don't we? Definitely do. Definitely do. I think it's just um, the mindset of the club now, isn't it? And we mentioned forward thinking earlier. I think Alan Pearce probably wants a cup run as well. He probably knows the, the importance of it. But just for for the players, company's a winner. He's won everything domestically. So he knows what it takes to win. And it's, if you get a good cup run, it gets you that mindset, doesn't it? That winner's mindset of what it's like exactly to play that. these sort of games and, and that sort of thing. Exactly that. Um, we'll go back to the game yesterday. So, O'Neill, you said you wanted to leave it around quarter past, and um, yeah. I don't want—I don't want to keep you too long. Um, man of the matches votes. Um, get your comments in. Let us know who you who you want to put in the man of the match. We've already talked about him extensively, but I'm going to go Ashley Barnes. He just—he just did everything perfectly for us. I understand Matson will probably get it off the majority of people because he played very, very well and he got it on um, Sky Sports, I think. Um, yeah. But I just think Ashley Barnes were fantastic yesterday. He just, he just epitomised everything that, that we needed our striker to be doing. Um, and he were brilliant. So, Ashley Barnes for me. Get get your comments in. Uh, I'll just get the opinions of the lads. Uh, Liam, uh, who were your man of the match yesterday? For the sake of being different, I'm going to say Ekdal. Um, of course, the chat now says Ekdal, of course. <laughs> yeah. <conveniently. laughs> I thought everyone said Barnes or Matson because he got, a, he got the actual man of the match. Um, I mean, Ekdal for me, not just the goal, yeah. but the fact that, again, first game in a new country and completely just fills the shoes he doesn't even fill the shoes he is the shoes like it's fantastic <laughs> literally he just slips in he's just like he's like he's been part of the club for like two for two years now and he's just completely settled in against one of the best attacks in the league he's dealing with Timmy Puki he's a fantastic championship player as well and I don't even recognise Puki doing anything in the entirety of yesterday, and the fight got a goal was also really nice as well. So, Ekdal deserves it for me. Yeah, fair enough. We're getting a few shouts for Ekdal as well, to be fair. Um, Neil, who's your man of the match from yesterday? Uh, I'm going for Barnes, but I think Ekdal's a close second. Um, but it's just it's just what Barnes is doing on the pitch for me. He's that leader on the pitch. Is that sort of having the manager next to you. He's guiding these young lads through, so that's why I'm giving it to him. That pitch you put up earlier Sunday morning for me, you know, he's got can't remember who's got he's got. But yeah, well, obviously I put it up because Liam mentioned in that picture. That's the picture you were yeah. talking about, weren't you? So I, I brought it up then. Um, That's yeah, what it's he's... about for me. He's 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 guiding them lads through this. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Right. Well, obviously, like I said, I know Neil needs to get off, so oh, we'll, we'll, we'll pretty much wrap it up there. But we've always got to bring this in, haven't we? Look how good that looks. So we are obviously top. Uh, for those of you listening on the podcast, you won't be able to see uh, the picture that I put on screen now. But obviously, it's the league table. Burnley, top. 29 games played, 65 points in February. 65 points. Uh, Sheffield United in second on 58 points. Middlesbrough in third on 48. Uh, then come Luton in fourth on 48. Watford, 45. West Brom, 44. Millwall in seventh on 43. And all the way down in eighth. They've slipped all the way down to eight. It's Blackburn Rovers, but 17 points clear. Surely, surely. I know we've, I know me and Liam have both said it, and I think, Neil, you've said it in previous weeks. It's it's wrapped up, isn't it? It's 100% wrapped up. Look at all them greens next to our name. Look at them all. Everyone else has got a different colour at least once, most of them twice. But we are just in sensational form, and we are definitely, definitely going up, aren't we, boys? Look at goal scored as well. It's amazing. No, no, no one else is even in the 50s. We're nearly in the 60s. <laughs> 
Christy Higgins, he's unreal. Absolutely sensational. Um, Liam, I, I, I know you're confident we're going up, aren't, aren't you? Absolutely. I'm just double-checking the goal. Yeah, 32 goal difference for us compared to Sheffield United who's 24, and then Nets is 12 in Middlesbrough. No. And then Nets is 8. So <laughs> the fourth best goal difference, so it is 9 in West Brom, actually, and Sunderland. So, I mean, what else can we say that we haven't already said about this club? It is everyone right now enjoy every moment of this because football is not meant to be like this. It's meant to be painful. It's meant to be depressing. <laughs> it's meant to be an awful experience of just nothing but just suffering and hope. Hoping for the best and then being stabbed again and then being stabbed in the back again because you dared at hope that maybe now it's your time. Now it's your year. This is our year. And this I firmly it. believe that we will break that 106 points record because I cannot see any reason why we cannot. We faced Middlesbrough who were meant to be the form side and came to us and dealt with them easily and then faced West Brom that meant to be the next tough test of a next informed side that we then dealt with again and then there's again yesterday in Norwich had a short resurgence but were the typical championship you know championship overlords for the last five years now and then we dealt with them so it's like what can go wrong we could have five injuries in our team and then be completely fine yeah. Maybe even 10 at this stage. Our B team would get top six in this league. And that's just the blatant reality of the fact. So Burnley are absolutely massive. Enjoy every moment of this because next year it'd be very different. I, we'll still be good, but we will be losing some more games. You, you, yeah. you like to think anyway. I mean, not like to think, but you'd want to be more <laughs> realistic. So, you know, I don't know where we'll be next year, but I guarantee we won't be top. So... <laughs> enjoy it where you can boys uh, yeah definitely it seems like a brilliant place to end it that Liam some good words there but I said the exact same thing well uh, one of my mates said it to me yesterday in the pub um, it's going to be so weird next year isn't it because we're actually going to lose games we're not used to it now but um, yeah that obviously goes on with perfectly what you say uh, thanks for coming on the show boys it's been a pleasure always great to have YouTube royalty on the show in Liam as well and obviously Neil you're here every week everyone loves Neil um, I love Neil love you uh, Neil Absolute pleasure to have you both on. Um, but Neil, I can I, I can sense the missus is get trying to get you to go. I think. No, it's the dog. The dog's going. Oh, it's the dog. Yeah. <laughs> Fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. Well, I know you need to go anyway, so we'll wrap the show up. Thanks, like I said, to the boys for coming on. Thank you everybody for watching. If you have joined the show late, um, obviously as soon as this live finishes, you can watch it all from the start. And if you want to listen to it when driving to work for tomorrow or whatever, um, then obviously I'll put the podcast out pretty much as soon as possible. But thank you both for coming on the show. Thank you everybody for watching, and we'll see you before the Preston match. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ornament delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.